0: believers strengthened in their faith and for their Jewish kinsmen to come to the saving knowledge of Jesus as the Messiah, the Son of God.
1: Bless the Lord and welcome to For Science Sake. We thank you for joining us with the Volks. My name is Shelley.
2: And my name is June. Hi everyone.
1: It's good to be with you as we conclude a week of broadcasting about a subject that we know is very important. And the subject is a phrase that Paul used in writing primarily to the church at Rome and the church at Corinth. And that phrase is, do you not know? And one of the most important occurrences of that ver- uh, that phrase is in Romans 6. I'd like to read the first four verses. What shall we say then? Are we to continue in sin that grace might increase? May it never be. How shall we who die to sin still live in it? Or do you not know that all of us have been baptized into Christ Jesus, have been baptized into his death. Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism into death, in order that, as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in newness of life. Do you not know? Do you not know that God has provided newness of life to us, through our association with his death, burial, and resurrection.
2: And when we ask him into our heart, Shelley, the living Jesus, the resurrected Messiah, Christ, is living in us. Hallelujah. And as we yield our will to him and we ask for his guidance, he can live his life in and through us.
1: Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Romans 6, verse 16 says, Do you not know? that when you present yourselves to someone as slaves for obedience, you are slaves of the one whom you obey, either of sin resulting in death or of obedience resulting in righteousness. You know, Junie, it's uh, such a succinct uh, verse. We're either going to choose death through sin or life through obedience to the Lord. Hallelujah. We saw that in 1 Corinthians 5, there was sexual immorality in the church at Corinth. And Paul pointed out that that has to be dealt with in a godly way. But he said in verse 6 in 1 Corinthians 5, Do you not know? A little leaven leavens the whole lump.
2: And you pointed out, Shelley, in Romans, I believe, chapter 2, we're warned not to judge.
1: That's right. Because
2: we do the same thing. And yet, here in Corinthians, Paul is exhorting the leaders in Corinth to judge sin. So there's a difference in condemning someone or having the heart of God to pray yes, for one Lord. who's caught in sin to be delivered by the Lord and for their eyes to be opened to even see Amen. that they're walking in sin.
1: Yes. When we go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 16, the word of God says, Do you not know that... You are the temple of God, and that the temple of God is holy, and that is what you are. We are the spiritual temple of the living God, and we are called to be holy. And I love Psalm 93, verse 5, which says, Holiness befits thy house.
2: And there is one who's holy, Shelley. Amen. And that's Jesus himself who never sinned. And now his resurrected life lives in us if we're born again. And we can allow him to change us so that his holiness will befit us and we Hallelujah. will live a righteous life, not because we're righteous, Shelley, but because he is, and we yield our will to Jesus. And that's amen. really what a Christian is. Amen. First century church lived in him, Hallelujah. by him, and through him. Oh. And when they were martyred, they were martyred with smiles on their faces. That were impossible, Shelley.
1: That's right. Because
2: their flesh didn't rule them. The master did.
1: Amen, amen. Well, when you say in 1 Corinthians 6, beginning in verse 1, does any one of you, when he has a case against his neighbor, dare to go to law before the unrighteous and not before the saints? Do you not know that the saints will judge the world? And if the world is judged by you, are you not competent to constitute the smallest law courts? Do you not know that we shall judge angels? How much more matters of this life? God calls us to deal within the, the the body of believers and not go outside, don't seek the counsel of the world. There is one wonderful counselor, and his name is Yeshua, Jesus.
2: And because, Shelley, when we see the Lord, we will be like him. When he came to earth, he came a little lower than the angels. And when he went back to heaven... He was higher than the angels. And it's amazing to think, Shelley, that if we don't allow him to transform us and change us, how can we judge matters according to what his way is? That's why we need to be people who live by faith and obey the Lord, obey our master.
1: You know, tied in with that, Junie, is really what we see in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 9. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God. Yes. So why would we seek counsel from outside of the body of believers? Why to go to unrighteous people? Do you not know that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? All right. This is not written by Paul, but James wrote something so significant, especially in this day and age, Junie. In James chapter four, verse four, we read these words. Do you not know? That friendship with the world is enmity with God. Whoever, therefore, wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Junie, this is such an enormously important verse. Really, do you not know that the, the seriousness of participating in the affairs of the world, its mentality, its wisdom, and its entire perspective... We need to live in another realm, and that is in a heavenly realm, not the worldly realm.
2: And to understand that Satan is the prince of the air. Yes. And that there are principalities and powers that rule over the earth. But Jesus and his kingdom are higher. And so when we yield our will and want to know, the wisdom that comes from the Lord, which is poor, pure and peaceable and easy to be entreated, it makes us victors
0: Thank you,
1: Lord.
2: over the world and the ways of the world. So I think for our listeners and you and I, we need to remember, Shelley, that we serve a king and his kingdom is not of this world.
1: That's right. That's exactly. I was just going to say that. That's such a key journey when Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. So a friend of the world is an enemy of God. And we read in chapter one of James, verse 127. i like to read it. This is pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and father to visit orphans and widows in their distress. And now listen to this. And to keep oneself unstained by the world. You know, God loves the world. That's why he died for the love of the people in the world. But we are supposed to be in it, but not of it. And so much of the world has infiltrated into the church. It's become normal now. And yet we need to see that we are citizens of heaven more than citizens of this earth.
2: And as you pointed out yesterday... And throughout the week, holiness befits yes. the people of God yes, because the Lord. Lord is holy. And without holiness, it's impossible to see God. So to be stained by the world is less than uh, holiness. Yes. And so we really need to ask the Lord to guide us and make us wise. Hallelujah. And that's not to say... That we can't um, enjoy God's creation and the pleasures of his life in the world, but not to be part of it.
1: Hallelujah. So, Junie, if we can quickly summarize what we've been talking about and the effects of knowing these things, right? And, you know, what Paul says and what James says, do you not know? We need to know that we shall know the truth and the truth will set us free. We'd be set free from the bondage to sin. We would be set free from judging others. We would be set free from compartmentalizing our lives. We would be set free from justifying ourselves, which we're all very capable of doing. We'd be set free in believing that you cannot control the little leaven in your life. A little leaven is going to spread, and we spoke about it during the course of this week. We will be set free and not believe that Jesus does not have to be the cornerstone of our life. He must be the cornerstone of our life. We'd be set free to believe that the first place to go for counsel and wisdom is to our wonderful counselor whose name is Jesus. We'd be set free to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not our righteousness or not what the world considers righteous, but we'd be set free to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. We'd be set free to believe that Jesus will raise us up to newness of life and to be more than we are in our natural selves. Junie, the word of God says, where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty.
2: And for all of our listeners, for you and I to remember, what is not written from Genesis to Revelation is not of God. And what's written within the context of the scriptures gives us the understanding of the Lord and his ways and his kingdom and his heart, which really will set us free.
1: So, Lord, as we conclude this study, uh, and we're going to identify ourselves with our Jewish kinsmen, especially those who do not know the Lord, We pray that perhaps if any have been listening through the course of this week, and we say, do you not know that Jesus, the Holy One of Israel, died for your sins as well as ours? And because of our rejection, our being, our Jewish people, rejection, the gospel has gone to the whole world, to the nations. But one day, and it's rapidly approaching, all Israel shall be saved.
2: Do you not know, my Jewish kinsmen, that you can call out, On the name of Yeshua, Jesus, even now.
1: Hallelujah. Well, we want to identify ourselves with our Jewish kinsmen and recite the Shema. And if you know it, say it along with us. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Hear, O Israel, the Lord, our God, the Lord Is one Father? We thank you, thank you, you,
2: Lord. Thank
1: you, Lord. Thank you for who you are. Yes. Thank you, Lord, that you're building your church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Thank you, Lord. And thank you, Lord, when the church comes to its fullness, they will be able to provoke our Jewish people to jealousy. And your promise is in Romans eleven twenty six: All Israel shall be saved. We eagerly anticipate that day, and we pray for it in Jesus' holy name.